the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Jeteris here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And with me, as always, my buddy, my co-host, my pal, the man with the plan, the dude who's back from a nice long day out in Long Island, <laughs> celebrating an engagement. Yeah. I'm going to talk about that as an excitement today because, <laughs> fortunately, you know, Knicks are not in the playoffs anymore, but it's okay. We're going to get into that today. Still proud of the guys. John Malika, my guy. What's up, How, you, been? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good, yo. We are talk about New York. New York City is back, yo. It took me two and a half hours to get to Long Island. Bro, it's Saturday. Uh, shout out to my cousin Rami, uh, getting engaged, and then on Sunday, went to the beach today. A nice, nice little Jersey Shore day. We're back, man. It's summer, man. It is summer in New York. It's time to head to the beach. Find water anywhere you can. No masks. The mask mandate is gone. We're kind of back. How are you, man? Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm all right, man. You know what it is. Uh, yeah. day by day over here, but it really is, man. Traffic is wild. Not, I'm not used to this, man. I'm used to just like zipping through town. Now I'm like, I'm back. I'm still in New York right now. Still in Westchester in White Plains in the 914. What up? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, being up in Boston, went up there, still moving around traffic. Even when I came down during the pandemic to see the family, moving around, no traffic, easy. Now it's just, Everything's getting back to normal. I was just at a graduation yesterday for my nieces. One graduated high school, one graduated college. You know, we're back outside just having barbecues and whatnot. Today, I was working the grill, you know, <laughs> made some breakfast for the fam today, made some Let's waffles go. and sausage. You know what it is. Let's go. Had some chicken burgers, bro. Chicken burgers. Got the fiance making a nice little salad with avocado, cherry tomatoes, you know, some peaches on top that I put on the grill. Mm. We're killing it right now. We're killing yeah, it right now. And then we celebrated my sister's birthday, so we had a nice strawberry shortcake to top it off. So, all in all, good weekend, a lot of fun. Uh, just birth- as you, happy birthday to Corey. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> when she hears this, she'd be like, "Thank you, thank you, thank you." Uh, yeah. So it seems like everything's getting back to normal, which is just weird after you know the time that we've been inside. But it's happy. I'm happy to be back outside, man. I'm actually happy to be hooping again. Like I've been I hooped for these past two weeks, just three days uh in a row these past two weeks each is i'm so happy to be back on the court oh my god gotta get that time. gotta get that knicks energy out man if the knicks aren't playing ball anymore now it's time for us to start playing ball that's a fact and even when they are playing ball like playing but this is the knicks podcast i, I hope you guys enjoy our outside lives as we talked about it but we're gonna get into the the real meat and bones and potatoes of this podcast <laughs> Got to talk about game five of the New York Knicks and just put a bow on this season because it's over, unfortunately. But we'll, we'll talk about if we thought it was successful, what we liked, what we didn't like about the season. So let's, let's start off with game five, John. Oh. Knicks, you know, I thought they gave us freaking hope, man. In the first half, it was close. They were doing a good job keeping up with the Hawks, but just like game three and game four, the Hawks just blew it wide open. It was over by the time the, you know, by the time the fourth quarter came, you thought there was third, fourth quarter. There was a little spark with IQ, you know, topic getting in the mix, doing something. Maybe, maybe there could have been a miracle. Then the Hawks just, yeah, Trey just closed it out with a three and that's all she wrote. But 
What'd you think of man? What'd you think of that game, man? I'm gonna start off with you. What'd you think of game five? So right off the bat, I, I had no problem with that with that Trey three of bow. But anyway, going into the garden, I, I was unhappy for like the first time, especially this season. I've been to a game. I was just like I kinda knew it was over. Uh I know I was texting you early in the day. I felt like uh I was meeting up my girl. Uh, when I knew she was gonna break up with me, and I, I was like, I was gonna like beg for another chance, and like that's how I was, that's how I was feeling all day. Like there was like that slip, sleep, no little slimmer of hope that she'd be like, yeah, yeah, you know, let's 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 keep trying it out, let's keep working it out. But like I knew, my friends knew, everybody knew, you know, that it was over, and I was like, kind of like dead man walking all day, thinking about that next game. So that's how I felt going into it, man. Um, and it turned the first half, I was like, I was on edge, and you know, there was there was a little, there was a little tension, but we were okay. The third quarter, dude. The third quarter, I went with my friend George, and I actually saw him. He's at the engagement on Saturday. Um, he was like laughing at me. He was talking to his wife. He's like, "Yo, John, he was okay," because we're in a group chat too. So like, you know, they've been gauging my feelings up and down all year. John was okay in the first half, but in the, in the third quarter, he just could not get his head out of his jersey. <laughs> and I agree, man. I, I actually could not get my head out of that jer- out of my jersey, um, in the third quarter. So it was really disappointing. And what really hurts, man, is that everyone turned out to be right. So I had a couple people commenting, you know, on our last couple episodes, and, and especially a good friend of ours, Greg. Mm hmm. Telling us like we're kind of been we're, we're homers, you know, on on this on this podcast sometimes, especially when we're talking about the Knicks and the Hawks in this series. And you know, thinking back on it, I just think that first game was the whole momentum changer because we were up in game one and we mm-hmm. lost it in that buzzer beater. And he didn't just take the energy out of the crowd, the energy out of the stadium. He took the energy out of the Knicks, man. And they stole one and they got their mission done. And then the, when we went back and we got blown out. Those two games at home that we couldn't just we couldn't split one of those. It it was over. You know what I mean? It, there's not there's nothing we can do after that, and it's unfortunate. What really bothered me about really the whole game was that it looked like we were on a hero ball mission, dude. In the in in the second half, you know For what sure. I mean? And and that's what bothered me, dude. Oh man, like nothing nothing annoys me more than when times are rough. And you change character or you, yeah. or you, or you do something that you haven't been practicing, you know, or we're talking about sports or you really, because w- once you change your character, you, you, you change everything that you built. You change your foundation, dude. So it's not just the way Randall acted, you know, or played, you know, maybe that's a better way to put it in, in the playoffs, but really how Tibbs handled it, man. Once we saw adversity, the way that Tibbs handled it, all of a sudden we're throwing D Rose in. For an extra 15 minutes a game, all of a sudden we're changing the, the the lineup and expecting magical results. You know what I mean? All that stuff pissed me off, dude. Yeah, I, it. I agree with you. And to hear you know even Greg say that we were homers, I went back and I listened to after we won Game Two, and I thought that we still were the better team, and Atlanta has a higher upside. That I will say that was a little bit of homer, homer of me. Um, so I, I, I can get down with that. I think we try to keep it nuanced for the most part, but there, I mean, there's going to be times where we're, we're a little bit homerish. That's just what happens when we're covering our own team. So 
But I do agree. I think during the playoffs, but you know what? I'll say it was to this. When you see that we barely lost game one and we came back and won game two, I think you could say you had the, we had the right to be more optimistic and a little bit more brash in our thought process because it wasn't blowouts. It wasn't what we saw, you know, game three and game four where the Hawks just blew it wide open in game three. Cause in game three, you're like, okay, they got hot today. Fine. Game four was kind of the solidify, the solidify, uh, solidifying of just that the Hawks were a way better team. Okay. And, you know, it's either them, it could be, a, I think it's a combination of them being talented and getting hot at the right time. I think it's, yes. both, I think, Bro, it's you could get the words right out of my mouth, you know, 100%. I, and, and I think, I think we have to also be honest about that because this is a, they live and die by the three. Mm-hmm. When you have, Bogey hitting, when you have Gallo hitting, when you have Herder hitting. Lou will David do that much when you have Quinn Capella and Nerl- when Nerland Noel gets hurt and Quinn Capella is just able to take advantage of him or then Taj who's starting. That changes the entire dynamic of our team. So I think we're a little bit right to be a little more brash in the beginning. And that's to, to say that and having that confidence thinking the Knicks can. And this is not even going off of the beginning of the season because honestly, and even when we talked we were on the Knicks State of Mind podcast, and I was talking about the Hawks. Like, hey, the Hawks are – and after we talked to Claudio, the Hawks weren't – I didn't think of them going to be some easy team, especially after the third time we played them, and we won after Trey Young went down. Yeah. You know, there, there was there was just a different energy with that team, and I saw it, and I felt it. I was like, this team's really different under Nate McMillan. They are playing balls to the wall, defense. They are being aggressive on offense. They are just sharp. And I felt that watching them. So that's why I was a little hesitant in a, in a, in the series. I didn't think it would go five, but at the same time, Nerlens Noel goes down with the injury. He's nicked up. Derek Rose, after his probably game three, you saw that he was just a little bit slower, more nicked up because he's playing a lot more minutes than he's used to. So, and we had to stop using Alfred Payton. Everything that we did during the season changed once the playoffs came and when you do that, when you start, when you make that big of a change, when you haven't really that made that many changes throughout the entire regular season, all 72 games, and you only made changes based out of necessity when you're missing someone due to injury, you see that it doesn't translate well into the playoffs. For the Hawks, they've been able to just run with so many different guys, and they have their entire crew ready to go. So, I don't know. I think, I don't, I'll say fine a little bit to being homerish. During those pods, but I think also the reality is that we also showed in games one and two that we could hang with them, and then we just couldn't hang with them anymore in games three, four, and certainly five. So that's my take on it. Um, the Hawks are a better team. They won. They did it in five. But I also think you got to be balanced, too, saying that the Knicks also had Derrick Rose, who wasn't fully healthy, had Nerlens Noel, who was nicked up, and we just weren't playing our game. As you pointed out, the adjustments just weren't there. So it was a lot of things. We're... I think just plain and cut, it's just there's no way to put it that the Hawks are a better team in this in this matchup, in this series. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I, I was actually at that Hawks game during the regular season where as soon as Trey Young went down, that's when the momentum changed. And that's when we actually had a shot at winning that game. I agree 100%. You could feel it in the crowd. You could feel it on the court. You could feel it everywhere. You could see it on the scoreboard. You know what I mean? It really doesn't – you don't have to be like a, a basketball savant to figure that out. And – you know, I, I think you're totally right with the with the peak stuff. And I remember joking around during the nine game winning streak, like, are the Knicks peaking too early? 
Yeah, yeah you said that. <laughs> you know, and and I was, you know, being a little facetious, but like, yeah, dude, like we're gonna start losing soon, and here we are. You know, we're gonna hit a wall soon where Randall isn't gonna be, you know, that efficient. RJ is gonna isn't gonna be going nuts. IQ isn't gonna have like four, five threes in the first half or second half. You know what I'm saying? And taking over games, and the D Rose thing, dude. But the Alfred Payton stuff gives me a bad taste in my mouth. I really hated the way. Tibbs changed everything at the last minute. I hated that he went from a starter to a DNP for the rest of the, uh, for the rest of the games. I, uh, and I, I hate that. I hate that our, we knew what our weaknesses were all year and we knew that they were going to be exposed in the playoffs and we were just kind of okay with it. So it takes me back to, you know, we're talking about being homers on this pod. You were, you know, Giving me, giving me the goods, man. When, when you were like, dude, you better put your expectations, you know, set them a little lower and you better be happy that we just got into the playoffs this year. You know what I mean? Like before we got into the nine game winning streak, you were just like, be happy. And with a successful season, just make the playoffs. And I was like, no, no, a successful season is if we win the first round. You know what I mean? Like I want to win the first round, like lose the second round to the first seed, whatever second, you know, one of the big three, you know, in the East, no problem. But I really wanted to get to the first round. And I kind of feel that maybe you were right in hindsight. You know what I mean? Like, like it was obviously a successful season. You got to take take it for what it is. You know, kind of like count your blessings type deal. But also, I'm glad that I'm kind of pissed off. You know what I mean? I'm glad that I'm not satisfied with losing. We're not the Wizards. You know what I mean? The Wizards are like, oh, okay, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, no problem. Sounds good. You know what I mean? We're more like, we're, and we're not like the Celtics where it's like, oh my goodness. Now it's, you know, you got, <laughs> you got gentlemen sweet. Like, you know, it's all over. Let's blow it up. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're okay. You know what I mean? And, and, and that makes me, that gives me, you know, hope. And it, it makes me want to go back and say you were right. You know, be happy with the successful season, but also I'm happy that we're pissed off and the team is pissed off and the way it ended, everyone has a bad taste in their mouth. And the last time the Knicks had a, this exact Knicks team had a bad taste in their mouth, they responded the way they responded this season. So that gives me, you know, a glimmer of hope. So I'm, I mean, I'll throw that out there, but also remember what we were talking about the Hawks, dude, beginning of the year, we knew that they got their guys. We were worried about their defense and in this specific series with the Knicks, they didn't really need to play defense. We kind of, we kind of just like imploded on ourselves. So shout out to the Hawks. Kudos to them. Great series. For me, positive season overall for the Knicks. I am happy we made the playoffs. I am happy with the, you know, most improved player award for the first time ever for the Knicks. I'm happy with the MVP vote. You know, I'm happy with the coach of the year votes. You know, that to have Tibbs on the list too. I'm happy D Rose was on the sixth man. Like that, th- those are all nice things. The, the growth of OB and, and, uh, IQ as rookies where generally this coach doesn't like to play rookies, you know, pretty stubborn uh, with his rotation minutes, you know, uh, see Kevin Knox and Frank. Just weird, <laughs> weird stuff. Oh, the Frank, the Frank one minute and then DMP for the rest. And it was just a one shot. He had like those little sh- stupid minutes here and there. Yeah, oh, it's annoying, yeah. annoying. So anyway, like that's how I feel about it, man. That's how I feel about overall about about the Knicks season and like the overall with this round one exit. You know, uh, overall, man, you were right. I'm kind of happy. I'm kind of pissed off, 
and I'm ready for the offseason. And for the first time in a decade, I'm not, you know, on tankathon. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dying for a new rookie. And I'm, I, I'm feeling good. I'm pissed off. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling hungry already for next year, uh, as a fan. You know what I mean? And that means, and that means I think, I think they are too. So, uh, that, that, that's my take, dude. How about you? I agree with a lot of things that you said. And I want to say that, you know, I rose my expectations afterwards saying, you know, I want like a seven game series with the Hawks, win or lose. Um, you know, but especially if we played the Hawks, I wanted that, like I had to go seven and obviously things change. There's always a, there's always a caveat to everything. Never, nothing's so simply black and white, uh, all the time. And the way that things unfolded, I can't be upset when guys get hurt and they're not able to play fully. So we had a successful season. I'm happy with the season overall. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I, you know, the one thing I will say that I'm wrong about is that I didn't trust the Hawks to be this good in the beginning of the season. I thought this was going to be some like, you know, cause every year everyone hypes up the Hawks. The last two years we got hyped Hawks and it's like, Oh, Trey Young, the Hawks might be good this year. No nope. second season with him. Oh, Trey Young, the Hawks might be good this season. Nope. I was not buying it again. And they are really good, man. They put their money where their mouth was and they went out, spent and got the guys that they needed and they made the right trades to make this a well-balanced team. So kudos to the Hawks for winning and showing that they're a good team. I'm still upset about the series, but overall the season, how can you not be happy with what this team did? Right. It's, Oh my goodness. This we have team, a lot to learn. We have a lot to learn from, dude, we have a lot to learn from the way they, they, let's, let's, they came up, dude. But let's talk about this season overall, right? Let's, let's, let's just start from the beginning. Cause we were on a nine month layoff. We didn't get to go to the bubble. All right. Season comes around. Draft. We draft Obi Toppin. Best college player basketball. All right. Steal the draft. Emmanuel quickly after trading. We did numerous trades to get him, get second overall picks and trade Ed Davis to get more second round picks. D right? plus, D plus, not second, Emmanuel, not second overall, but second. Yeah, D plus Emmanuel quickly. Not second, <laughs> not second overall, but second rounders. We got second round picks from just knowing how to wheel, watching our front office wheel and deal, which we have not seen. Okay. Then we come out with a five and three record to start the season. Yo, that's awesome. That the first time they had like a, and everyone was ready to jump out the window, thought they were going to get to the playoffs. And they, they were right. People who were excited thinking that we could get to the playoffs. We did. We had a nine game winning streak. We went on a West Coast trip where we thought we were just going to be obliterated. We come back 500. Dude, during the middle of the season, we traded for Derrick Rose. We swindled the Detroit Pistons to take a second round, the Charlotte Hornets second round pick and DSJ. And we got a six man of the year candidate, Julius Randle, which most improved. You have, and he gets to be, he gets voted in as an all star. He's going to get some MVP votes as well. You have Tom Thibodeau doing, co- you know, being not like being in the running for coach of the year. We had, we were expected to win 22 games. I had 24. I think maybe you had 26. I forget what you predicted at the beginning of the season, but what did we get? We got 41 wins by the time it's all said and done. All right. We were fourth in the Eastern conference. We hosted a playoff series, exceeded every expectation that we had going into the season. Vegas was wrong. Most of us were wrong. And I don't know how you can't be proud of that. Just the totality of it. That's a step. It's a major step in the right direction. We thought we were going to have to deal with a rebuild for two years before we even got to that point. We got it now. We are two years ahead of schedule where we are in the rebuild, you know? And on top of that, we got four draft picks this year. All right. We got two first rounders this year. We got, uh, we're going to probably have about 60 million in cap space. We got seven first rounders within, I think the next, uh, I think we got seven first rounders within the next, uh, 
five three years, years. Yeah. three years, three years. Yeah, three yeah, years. Yeah, three years. So yeah. that's pretty solid, man. That's pretty solid. Uh, yeah, four years. Yeah, because we have two four. And then R is coming up. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're going to draft any of these guys. <laughs> to be honest with you, I think, I think we're trading all these. I think we're trading all these picks. I think we're trading most of them. I think we're, we're, st- we're still going to draft someone this season because it's a good one to draft. I don't, we'll see what after this season. Definitely this season, we're taking one. There's no way we're taking two. Hell no, we're taking three or four. Yeah. This is not happening. Yeah. Uh, I think Trades they're going, I think it's, it's all guys that we consolidate to move up to get one or they're going to be moved to get other draft picks. With a player in return, some something, or we're gonna get a more established player. Something along those lines is going to happen. Okay, there's a lot of good teams that need draft picks. You know, Bucks, Nets. Uh, there's a lot of teams out there. Well, yeah, and the well, well, what's really important? Well, two things. One, the salary dumps. As you mentioned, we have a nice salary cap, so not only can we take big contracts. Well, we could we also dish out. Too. Yeah, exactly. You could also get some picks too. So it, it's really, it's a really exciting time to have a competent GM, man. <laughs> and sure. Leon and Rose. That, and that's what I'm saying. Like we got a, it seems like we got a savvy front office. We saw the player development. As you talked about, we saw Emmanuel quickly burst onto the scene. Obi Toppin was looking good during the playoffs. He finally got the offseason that he needed during the regular season to be ready for playoffs and played so well. So overall, you got to be happy with the season if you're a Knicks fan. Okay. And of course, we got the bandwagon Knicks fans who are Knicks fans who don't really follow the team as closely as like you and I, who watch every single game, every single minute of this team, just watching all 72 or watching all 82 games during a regular season. And they're going to be like, ah, oh, this thing was a failure. They're just judging players based on the playoff experience uh, that they had. They didn't really watch all the games. But how, how can you not be impressed? How can you not be satisfied? How can you not be encouraged that this team took a major step in the right direction. I'm happy about it. It sucks that we got the first round exit. It sucks we couldn't do more. But the one thing I will say before we can we, we can move on to the next topic is that you mentioned it earlier. Maybe we peaked too early. That nine game winning streak. What well, what well, we the game is the game itself is about a game of runs. The long the season's a long season. It's about a game of runs too, and peaking at the right time. Sometimes teams peak way too early and have the cooler streak at the worst time. That happens, and sometimes it's in the playoffs. That's a legitimate thing. So it doesn't mean the player sucks. They, if you play just pick up basketball, all right, just pick up basketball, you know there's going to be those weeks, sometimes two weeks, that you just can't hit a thing to save your life. But the next thing you know, you got a month where you're just like all on fire. You're just like really feeling it. That's just how it goes, man. It's just, it's just how it goes. So overall for me, man, successful season. Really happy how this team is set up. I mean, I'm intrigued to see how Leon Rose and company and everyone else moves into the next season, right? Like the players, how they come back after uh, an offseason, how the coaches come back and make adjustments to what they saw, and how Leon Rose and company just attack free agency in the draft. I'm just, I'm very intrigued by that. I'm, ha- I'm happy by it. Uh, uh, what yeah. about you? Yeah, I know well, you you're happy. Go ahead. No, I know you say like you're, you're happy and think it's a successful season. Yeah, I mean, I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm definitely excited to. See what happens this off season, especially with our players, first and foremost. And then I'm excited to see what happens with free agents. And then I'm excited to see what happens with disgruntled, you know, veterans around the league. Those, I mean, that's my number one, two, three of of the season. And I'm gonna put the draft at number four for the first time ever. I'm really like I'm I'm more excited about seeing what's going on with other teams at this point than I am about the draft. I'm gonna be excited about the draft as it comes up. I know we're gonna do some uh, draft stuff. And I know that we're gonna, 
as this as this offseason rolls on, we're going to do some keeper keeper cut for the Knicks because we have a lot of guys, you know, uh, with their contracts up. So uh, I again, I'm very excited that everybody's competent. I'm excited that the conversation is not about Dolan. You know what I mean? It's just for about sure. it's just about our front office, dude, and our basketball team. And I guess what's really really pushing me in into the this is a successful season is how the playoffs went. And just hear me out before you freak out at me. I know it was a terrible series. I was there. Okay, I know it was <laughs> terrible, bro. I know, man. It hurt. It hurt so much. I literally like. I have people like we had like a funeral recently. People that were like coming up to me like sorry for your loss, and they were talking about the Knicks like because it was the day after to me. Like uh, it was like I, I, I know it was tough out there, Alex. I got you. However, if you are even a minor league NBA playoff historian, you know, just like checking like the eighties and the nineties, you don't have to go too far. You know what I mean? You see how teams go through have to go through obstacles in the playoffs and how they learn from them and how they overcome them. You know what I mean? Like how Reggie played, you know, with his paces and how they were able to overcome teams, how the Bulls were able to overcome teams, how the Pistons were able to overcome teams, how the Knicks were able to overcome teams, how the, you know, the, the Lakers were able to overcome teams, how the Spurs were, you know what I'm saying? All these teams had really difficult, uh, play-ins. Right. But then on the other side, you have, you know, teams that can't get out of the first round. You know, they have difficult every single time. So I don't want to like, you know, whack completely poetic about this and make it like, oh, yeah, we're going to learn from this next year. You know, we're going to take the Hawks down. It's going to be a crazy series. Oh, no. And we're going to move on. Like, I'm not, I'm not waxing poetic like that. However, like next year is a year of reckoning. You know what I mean? And, and now it becomes like, Hey, man, Julius Randle, are you real? Are you a real? Are you a real basketball player? For the playoffs. You know what I mean? When it's time to go. And it's not like, oh, I'm nervous. Oh, can he do it? No, no, no. It's like, yo, dude, it's time to rock. You know what I mean? And I, I think by next year, there's going to be no excuses. Like, there's no way. I know this is a weird analogy, but say we had the same exact team this year, next year, and we're sitting at the deadline. And, th- and you know, this year already happened. There's no way we're not adding another point guard. And there's no way we're not adding a center to, like, Make sure that we're ready, ready and equipped to at least have someone pretend to guard a pick and roll or pretend to guard Trey Young or pretend to run the transition. You know what I'm trying to say? So that yeah. in itself makes it successful because literally this, even this year, you're like, dude, why are we, why are we trading for anybody? We stink. Just be happy we're making the playoffs. You know what I mean? But literally mm-hmm. next year, if we're sitting in the same spot because of how this year went and because of how the playoffs went, and this is why I think it's successful. Next year, we're like, yo, we, we, we have to make sure to cover these holes because these band-aids are going to be exposed as ap- like holes. Not, and you're going to see the, the wounds. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? And you're going to get, yeah, it's going to yeah. be infected fast. Dude. And, and we're going to lose in five. <laughs> and, and I don't think that it would, they would be that what this season was different. You know, season was the term that's been coined for the season's house money. So they didn't have to overspend and make, trades they want to evaluate everybody uh before they just start moving on you know just see what you can get see if alec burks is real see if reggie bullock is real before you start moving guys now you have a chance to see okay this is what these guys did in the playoffs um moving and paying and paying guys too man their yeah. contracts are up dude yeah absolutely and you know the one thing i will say about this i want to just get it out there i wish tibbs went to his bench and relied on his bench a little more because we relied on them heavy during the regular season 
And I felt like he was a little too short with them, especially Burke's IQ. Like, I think you could have gotten a little bit more wrong. I know you always play your best players, and that's his mentality to play your best players during playoffs. But when you see guys like Reggie Bullock not doing anything, Derek Rose is starting to need a break. Uh, you're go, you're relying more so on Burks than I, giving IQ some point guard minutes to just like shoot it and get it going. I wish you got, I wish he just, I wish there was a little bit more of that, but it is what it is at this point. And, you know, to touch on what you said, I wouldn't say that they're guaranteed to come back and just win, but they definitely will learn. And, you know, sometimes you got to lose a couple of years before you actually learn something and make it further. Like we, you, you mentioned the Bulls. We watched the last, the last dance. Jordan talks about the difficulties of having to get through the Pistons, right? He talks about the difficult games against the Celtics. And how that so, changed him. And, how and literally how they changed the offseason. And, you know, point blank, that's what happened to Randall, like you just said before at the top of the key, about what happened when he did it against the bubble. Exactly. He was so pissed off. He did take it personally, you know, like the Jordan meme, that he didn't make the bubble, and he started working out. Yeah, and same thing with the Hawks, too. Look, Trey Young didn't make it. Last. These two teams, that's so, what's so interesting. These two teams both missed the bubble last season, and they were both the last teams to play against each other. Now they're both playing against each other in the playoffs. How weird is that? What do you mean, less people play each other? So when the season ended, do you remember when the season ended? I thought it was Pelicans. I thought it was nah, it was the Hawks. It was Knicks Hawks. Yeah, it was Knicks Hawks. Oh. They were down Atlanta. Oh man, that's interesting. Yeah, and man. then that was when the season ended. Now, talk about about a year later, it's Knicks Hawks first round playoffs. How weird is that? Yeah, that's a funny coincidence. That's a funny, funny coincidence. It's interesting, man. But hey, successful season. Happy with it. I'm going to ask you this, though. What were your things that you liked about it, that you liked about the season, and that you disliked about the season? And you could give me one, two, three things about each, either or. It doesn't matter. There's no rhyme yeah. to this. Okay, that's fair. I'll start with I like that the narrative is no longer about the owner because I think it's completely nonsense. You sure about that? Tell that to Ebro. Yeah, bro. It's not so nonsense, dude. The fact that you think that the Knicks owner cares less about the fans than, let's say, the Milwaukee Bucks owner because the Knicks are losing, it makes no sense, and it's nonsense. So I'm happy that that's not the narrative. I'm happy that we're actually talking about basketball. You know what I mean? So that that's mm-hmm. my number. that's my number one. Number two, kind of stems off that. I'm happy that we have a competent front office. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, I'm not, like, literally anxious about our draft picks, our trades, whether we're going to trade everybody for Dame Lillard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I'm not, I'm not super worried about that because I just know we're not. You know what I'm we'll trying get, to say? We'll, we'll get to that at some point. We'll have to do that today. Yeah, I know. But, you know, I'm like, I'm just like that, like those two stem for me, just like the confidence of like, okay, we're good to go. We're just worried about basketball. And the fact that we now have very, very clear holes, like we have things that we have that are good and things that we have are bad and things that we have that are mediocre. You know what I mean? That like we have mediocre shooting. We have really bad point guards and, and centers. And we have good everything else, in my opinion. So, and now, and now we could start to fill those holes with solid foundation. And those are really the positives. And MSG's back. I mean, that's the overall arching feeling of this whole season. Having Tibbs as the assistant coach in the nineties to Van Gundy become our savior. Is fantastic. The fact that every time there's a job opening, they're talking about our assistant coach and Johnny Bryant is amazing. The fact that I'm listening to interviews for Coach Woodson 
you know, as the as the now head coach of Indiana, amazing. The world, the fact that people are talking about World Wide West and like that's not fair that he's going to be recruiting guys to the Knicks. Like it's not fair. The fact that I'm, I'm at the games and John Calipari is just hanging out on the sideline, fantastic. You know what I mean? Like those, it's just a new. It smells different in the garden, you know. And from 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 the top down. From the, from the ownership to the general manager to the head coach to the players. And like we're joking around all year. Like we, I feel like we have the 12th man of the year and Theo Pinson. And I, you know, we have the most, most improved player. We, we're we're doing trades. Like you said, I mean, the feelings, we got all the feels this year and it was romantic and it was beautiful, Alex. And it was nice. Okay. But this stage is over, dude. The stage is over. Or we're gonna have to start dating this girl. <laughs> we're gonna start getting into a serious relationship with this girl, and it's time. All right, we're over the honeymoon, like cute yeah, phase. No, no more PDA. None of that crap, dude. It's time to work. It's time yeah. to get. It's time to get. Nah, stuff we're, over, done. we're past six months. We're pat. We're past the honeymoon phase. We're getting into the real part of this relationship now, where it's time to work. We had this glorious, magical season. I will never forget this. This is one of the best seasons. Being a Knicks fan, that will go down in memory. It's like. If someone asked me what was the most favorite season that you had that was so magical, I would be like, you, you can't go back past 2021. Yeah, we got kicked out of the first round. No start doubt about pod, it. Start the pod, bro. Yeah. And we started the <laughs> pod a year before this. It was like the whole, that whole thing, man. The whole season was just ma- amazing. It was magical. Um, everything that you said. For me, the positive is, you know, I like everything you said. Front office, owners not the topic of news. I'll say this. The first, the one thing I do like from this season is that there's a culture. You know, that, the word keeps getting thrown around. The Nets have a culture. Clippers have a culture. Da, 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 da. Their culture's been set. Accountability has been set. You know, guys improved the season because they were held accountable. And they improved even during the season, too. I like that because we've watched too many Knicks teams where it's just, guys, we're down in the third quarter. We'll give you a fake comeback and we'll still lose. Don't worry. It's all good. And then we have to walk away just being like, God damn, man. When's this team actually going to be good? There are times in the third quarter where we're down. I'm like, yo, we're still in this. And the team would pull it out. So we, had like Knicks, we had a fake Knicks comeback uh, game four, Hawks. We did. Felt like old times. It was great. Yeah, it did. You got, you, hey, you got a, you got a, it, it comes. It comes and goes. You yeah. know what I mean? I'll take it in the playoffs. I'd rather take it in the playoffs than a freaking, uh, <laughs> growing season. pains, bro. These are growing pains, man. It is I growing really pains. Like so yeah. I do. And the other thing I like is that we got playoff experience for these young guys. Our team's young and we got playoff experience. And I appreciate that because guys will learn from this. And it seems like we have a bunch of guys who are just hoopers. Like their, their mindset is just to play basketball. It's not, you don't hear everyone like, Oh, you know, it's not like Kevin Durant who's got his media thing on the side. But like, once again, it's Kevin Durant. He can do those type of things. He's just great. Just like LeBron. Those type of guys are another stratosphere when it comes to what they can do outside. Once you're successful on the court and you put in all that work to get there. Um, these guys are look legitimately just about playing hoops. It's not, it's not like the Pelicans are like, ah, kind of in it some nights. Some nights we're not. No, dude, it's we're not building like, like the Bucks, but we're building like the Bucks. Mm-hmm. For in sure. In my opinion. Yeah. And, and, and what's cool about that is you could see the, the shift in the Bucks from the regular season is so important, you know, individual stats for Giannis to now it's like, besides the fact that Giannis, was pretty vocal about it and pretty detailed about how he treats basketball as, you know, a secondary feature in his life, in his house, doesn't even talk about it. But you could tell that he only cares about playoffs now. You could tell that the Bucks only care about playoffs and the Knicks are about to start moving in that direction. And you have to, you have to, you have to mature enough 
to master the regular season. We didn't master the regular season yet, but we mastered one one season. If do yeah, it a couple to... times in order to not care anymore about the regular season and you know start only, but like it takes time. We got man. one, you know. We we got the first one under we our have... belt. You know and what I mean. Is... For sure. And that comes with like understanding how to condition your body, how to approach each game. Which game do you really put it all out on the court to get those, those necessary reps in? And which games can you actually coast by? Which games can you like kind of slack off a little bit? Knicks weren't there. This is the first season they have to put in that work. They have to earn every single game. And they, and they did that. So I like that aspect. Things I didn't like about this season. I did not like the point guard play whatsoever. It was just, you know, that was just like point one, as you pointed out. I just didn't like it. I didn't like that. You know, as much as I understood that Alfred Payton got a lot of the brunt and sometimes just unnecessarily, not in the fact that his play was so undeserving and sometimes criticism, but it was just too much to the sense like, all right, guys, we get it. He's not getting traded. He has a no trade clause. This is the second time he's signing a one-year contract. He cannot get traded. He's here past the trade deadline. Why are we going off about this? The team is playing with house money. They're trying to figure things out. They don't need to just move someone for the sake of moving somebody to try to make a run and then have someone on the books or then have to bid against themselves. Why not just work with something that they have? And it's even, it's more enticing now, I would say, to see that this team won 41 games with somewhat talented, not, not lackluster, but somewhat talented, right? They're, they're bare in shooting and creating their like shot creation, consistent shooters and everything around that nature. But be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for, man. That's a lesson. That's a lesson we learned. Be careful what you wish for with Alfred Payton. Be careful what you wish for with the Atlanta Hawks. I really, I really do think that that's a big lesson for the Knicks. And the second, I mean, we here is cute. It's fun. It's nice. And it's time to move on from that. It's a nice yeah. building block. It's a nice yeah. first step. For sure. Another thing I didn't like was, um, I think just by play, I think we got a little too ISO heavy. In, yep. late, in third quarters and late a game, I can't. I, it has to move to more team ball, you know, or we have to go get another someone like a Kawhi or someone like that of that nature who can just be that guy. Because Julius, I love Julius, love what he showed on the court. Unfortunately, he's just not that guy, you know. He's just not unless if he can be. Hey, hell yeah, go for it. But as of right now, and unless he can be that guy, then we need that guy. You know what I mean? But I didn't like the, a lot of isolation play. I thought this team would be a little too, too reliant on it. They're a little too tired. I would say for Tibbs, minutes weren't necessarily the biggest thing, but I think just being a little bit more creative in the road, uh, yeah, roster rotation. rotations, just yeah. like staggering minutes or just being a little creative, not Brad Stevens creative where he's getting these random lineups just starting or midway through a game, but be a little bit more creative. See what you got because you never know what the playoffs are going to show. And you never know what's going to happen to everyone else on your roster. So I like a little bit more creativity that way. More offensive ball movement and when it gets to late in games. Those are the things that really get under my skin. But overall, like I said, successful season. Yeah, dude. I agree with that. The ISO stuff really got to me. And, you know, as we said, like humans, the way basketball teams react when they're under pressure, when their back's against the wall, really show character to show who you are and who we are is an iso basketball team that really that lives and dies by the shot when the t- when the time gets rough when the defense starts clamping in when our flaws get exposed you know what i mean i'm telling you the, the basketball in life it, it's so damn similar dude it's crazy but hey man um i'm happy i'm happy with the knicks uh 
and for the first time, I feel actually invested in the NBA playoffs for the first time in a long time because I feel like the Knicks were an actual part of it. Yeah. Hey, we even were part of those playoff montages, so we got to be happy about it, right? <laughs> is, is that happened. The bar also, is low. The bar is low, but now it's finally getting higher. The bar yeah. has to start low. And and yes, I know everyone thinks it's embarrassing how we acted game two. And I've gotten sent my face in that video, you know, of the Knicks, like that went viral on Bleacher Report and Barstool like a hundred times. I get it. I was there, but like, it's not embarrassing. It's, it's, it's like the, um, we got it. We had to, we had to break the seal. We had to, you know what I mean? We had to break the seal, dude. We had to let it all out. And now I think that we set a precedent and. It's time to roll. We're not going to be, we're not next year. We're, next year, if we get gentlemen sweep in the first round, I promise you, we are, things are going to be different. We're going to be talking, hey. we're going to be talking monumental changes to the organization, to the team. Things are going to start happening if we Think get gentlemen sweep again next year in the first round. Think about this. When we beat Miami in that one game, right back in 2012 and we dropped the confetti, it's because we hadn't won a playoff series in God knows how long. What? It's 99. That 99 run? Yeah, I had to win a home game. Yeah. Home so, playoff game, yep. You're right. That's why. And and once again, when was the last time we made it? 2012-2013 was the last time we won a series. So eight years, hey, you're kind of – you can be happy when your team finally makes the playoffs and wins a game because they're moving in the right direction. So, yeah, there's nothing embarrassed to be about it. It's fans. We, if you're a fan and you're invested in this team – that's how you feel, man. That's the whole point. That's why we do this because we love the team. We love the sport. So it is what it is, but good stuff on this Knicks stuff, right? Good yep. season overall. Good season. Actually, great season. I'll kind of say I'll go great because it was okay. We ex- exceeded expectations. Scale from one to 10. 10 being the best overall season championship, obviously. Like, yeah. uh, but, and, 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 you know, zero being, uh, lottery. Okay. Seven and a half. Okay. That's a, that's fair. I'll go, man. I want to go, I'm leaning more towards six, but I'll go, I'll go, I'll go six, I'll go a solid six and a half. Just because right. of the way, just because again, I'm really, I really have a bad taste in my mouth, disgusted with how we acted with our back against the wall. I saw ball, weird rotation stuff, DNPs, ugly, ugly stuff. I hear you, but it's also based on things that yeah. were out of control. Before that, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so overall, good season. Agree with you. But, John, there's more to this. So this is our accepted portion now. We're all hopping into it. NBA playoffs, all right? I don't know what you want to talk about today, but I got to bring up these two things I saw today <laughs> with my own eyes, all right? My own eyes. Uh-oh. One o'clock today, we had the Sunday. Atlanta Hawks play the Philadelphia 76ers. And, my goodness, were the Atlanta Hawks giving Game that one. ass whooping. <laughs> the Philadelphia 76ers in the first half. Hawks went back into it. Fourth quarter became all hella interesting. I was like, what is going on here? If the, if the Sixers won, that is an embarrassment because they legit had a 20 plus, 20 point yeah. plus lead. I know the Hawks the were, uh, they, they had their foot off the gas for a while there at the end. For sure. But hey, Trey Young, bogey hitting big <laughs> dude, shots. Bogey, dude. But oh my God. What did you think about that game? That game was fire. Were you watching it today? Yeah, so I had it on my phone at the beach. <laughs> um, I knew you would. Yeah, so here's the thing, man. Fun fact, Joel Embiid 
has the same exact injury that I have. We both have torn right meniscus. Of course, I don't know exactly which part of his meniscus is torn, how how big it is, but we both have torn right meniscus. Yeah, I could do things. I could still hike. I could run. Yes, I'm not a professional athlete. However, you can't jump, dude. You can't like actively like do things. You have a torn meniscus. You can't do lateral movements. And the fact that he's starting after it just happened and everyone's acting like it's no problem, it's okay because he's in there. Hawks plus four and a half today, man, was the e- might have been the easiest bet I can remember. I'm not even joking. I, I, the Hawks are going to kill the 76ers this, this series. The Haw- Actually, the 76ers don't even stand a chance with Embiid playing injured. The 76ers would have a better chance in the series if he sat out. If, because if you remember, the 76ers played okay this season without Embiid when he was hurt. So if I were them, I would just take off this series. If you could beat the Hawks, beat the Hawks. If you can't, you can't. Your big man's injured. And it's the same story with Embiid. Injured every single year. And it's time to have, start having that conversation about him. You know what I mean? It, it's it's not he – he already didn't play the first two years. Third year, he, was, he only played like 30 games. And now he's injured again. Every year, it's something else. Whether it's his foot, it's his back, it's his neck, it's his knee. I don't know. That, 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 that's how I feel about the series overall. But just on the Hawks side, I kind of mentioned it before. I feel invested in this series because of the Knicks. Yeah, for sure. Because the Knicks lost to the Hawks. And now you want to know, are the Hawks actually legit? Or are they just going through a really hot, a, a great hot streak? You know, and we won't know until it gets really close to crunch time when we watch them throughout the series. Not until they start hitting bricks. I mean, every team could go into like a shooting swamp. But we'd have to see them. We'd have to see can they be consistent at least where they're hitting at a higher, at a good clip, and still win or lose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because here's the thing. I mean, I, I going into Game Five, I remember thinking it's just not fair, dude. It's not fair that Embiid is injured and now the Knicks have what feels like an easy path because the Bucks or the Nets are going to come out. Only one of them. You know what I mean? So at least they, you know, they'll get to fight each other. Hopefully it goes to seven. And then you have the 76ers with, with an injured Embiid. I mean, it's right there for you, you know, and I think it's oh, right yeah. there for the Hawks. And so for me, my little Knicks fandom is like, okay, this is kind of validating the Knicks. Like the Hawks are legit. It's not that the Knicks are, ter- you know, terrible trash a little bit. Uh, and that the Hawks are real because they didn't even have that many primetime games. I think like four or five total this year. So it's not mm-hmm. just us that doesn't respect them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's time to put some respect on the Hawks' name. And I really like them to win this series. I don't think it's going to be blowouts, but I think that they're going to kind of handle them like they handled us. Maybe on gentleman sweep as well. I think you're going to get games like this, what we saw today. I think it's going to be close games. This was close? I don't think the Hawks... Huh? This was close? I mean, towards the end, it was close. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, but it was only close because it wasn't close. Does that make sense? I get what you're saying because the Hawks got, took their foot off the pedal and allowed them to get back in. I don't like, come on, dude. I, I don't know if you're good. Are you going to tell me that freaking Kevin Hurd is going to keep getting you 15 points every night? Bogey went off today. You know what I mean? Five for 12 from three. I like, just think that, I just think that they're playing Ben Simmons very well. And I think that they could, they could compete with, I mean, they could easily compete with an injured Embiid. They match up well with an injured Embiid with Capella and John Collins in there. You know what I mean? And they, they always matched up well with the shooters. You know what I mean? They, they kind of mimic each other, the teams. I, I, except I for Simmons this. and Trey Young. I mean, I'll say this. The sick Trey Young's difficult to guard. For sure. No, Trey Young is totally difficult. 
difficult to guard. I'll say this. The Sixers made some good adjustments the second half defensively. Yeah. That's why I want the game. Game one is not always a good testament. It's always game two and game three that you really start to get. All right. Now we got a feel of what's going on here. We'll say game two. If, two. They, if the Hawks do it game two again and just but, blow the doors wide open. Who cares? They don't need to, bro. Dude, they, that's they, what I'm saying. Think I think that's the Knicks series. My whole point. That's the Knicks series, though. No, but my you whole just have to steal one. No, I get you. But all I'm saying is that I think it's still going to be close in the scores throughout these games. It will go, you know, even if the Hawks win, I still think it will be close. Like, you're going to see 28-24 being the final score of this game. Like, yeah, okay. 128, 128 to 124. Not that it's going to be that number specifically, but it's going to be within that four to like six, seven point differential. That's what I'm feeling. Oh, okay. That's fine. That's fair. I just, dude, I don't know. The Hawks did what they had to do already. They already, already, they already completed their mission. They could, they could, they could lose by 55 against the 76ers and become, and still have control of this series. You know what's crazy though? I got to say this. Even though Joel Embiid is playing hurt, that man hit 39 points today. I know, dude. That's the whole thing. Imagine. Sanity. Here's the thing, dude. Now he has to play game two with the, with the torn meniscus in his knee. His knee is probably this big after, after scoring 39. You know what I'm trying to say? Like that's, that's what's, that's the issue I'm having here. Like he has a torn ligament. It's not the only reason he's playing is because he can't make it worse. You can't, so there's nothing to lose here. It is a pain thing. You are worse, but it's just like you're at 70% and deal with it. And it is better with him on the court, I guess. So, where do you think the series is going? Give me six. Who? Who in six? Oh man. Oh. I want to say the Hawks, but I also feel dirty saying the Hawks. I also feel like I, I should take a shower. Hawks in six. Like, you think? You think Philly's gonna win two? I think. They, I think they can win. Dude, I think Hawks in five. I think yeah. the Hawks are going to have the same exact series they have the Knicks. They're going to lose game two, and then they're going to win game three and four at home and five. Give me a game. Give me give me a six game series, man. Okay, I can see six, five or six. Yeah, give me a six game series. Okay, so we're both we're both we're both close there. Uh, I would now, lean more five, but I think I really and that's like being a little, you know. Uh, I think that's being a little, a little overzealous. But. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But we're both right there, like five or six. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right. Let's jump to the second game, though. The second game that you saw today. Bro. S- game Clippers. seven, Dallas versus Clippers. I mean, game six, Kawhi just took over, dude. Kawhi. Kawhi's like, I am not getting punked by the goddamn Dallas Mavericks. My man came out to play today. I liked it. I, I li- He had 28 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. Kawhi Leonard was in the building. He said, hold on one second, Luca. <laughs> oh, hold on, man. You're in my house. Let's calm down here. All right. You, you put on some good performances. This is still my building. I like it, man. And honestly, Paul George has been playing well. He's not, he's not looking like, uh, you know, he, he's not looking like pandemic P. He like, he's not yeah. full playoff P, but, uh, he's looking good in the playoffs. So the Clippers team, Thank God they won the series because they would have been clowns <laughs> yeah, if they lost dude. round one. But yes, that's that hey, was tough. Let's talk about uh we can also talk about a certain tall guy on the Dallas Mavericks. Who, dude, he's uh, trash, dude. KP is my trash. My goodness. Bro. And how- Tim Hardaway is so damn streaky. I'm so happy. We we I mean like these two players played exactly how we the we Knicks remember fans, them. We remember them and how we told everybody. Bro. 
Hardaway's streakiness is exactly what we said. KP's awfulness is exactly what we said. Dude, every time someone says exactly like what we said. So every time someone says KP can work in the post, I'm just like, what are you watching, bro? Like game, well, I think it was game six. This dude just instead of backing, I forget who all the way down in the post did like a turnaround jumper, like barely passed the free throw line. Like it was like a 14 footer. I was like, what are we doing here? Like you're. You're seven three. You're a big man. Work in the post. How can you not work in the post? Unicorn, bro. Unicorn. I don't get it. Dudes are like athletic, mobile, injury prone, can't play on the post. Tim Hardaway, streaky shooter. Luca's pretty much carrying this team. Do you think? Do you think KP gets traded? There's no way you can. T- Come on, dude. He, he went sixteen and eleven today. Come on. That's what you're paying. <laughs> you're paying a hundred fifty some million for sixteen and eleven. In a do or die game as your second best option? What are we doing here? <laughs> what he has are a player we- option. He has a player option in 2023 for $36 million. Who's trading for that? No one. Exactly. You have to give up picks yeah, to get rid of him. And that's the thing. Not going anywhere. Knicks, Knicks, John, you were right. Picks. You were right. You were right. Knicks Lower. won the trade. Oh, dude. This, it's been obvious since day one. Dude, Knicks won I'm the sorry trade. To say. I'm sorry to say. I always think that we could have gotten a little bit more, but they won the trade. All right, it's, so Clippers, Jazz. Clippers, Jazz. Ooh, give me uh, – Your boy, Donovan Mitchell. I think I go Jazz just because they got the depth. Okay. Jazz and what? That's going seven. Jazz and seven. I can, and I'm with you, bro. I'm not going to fight you. I'm with you. So let's, 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 let's move on a little bit to another crazy series. The King is dead. The King is dead. Everybody, the king is dead. Two things that really, really, really pissed me off, dude. Really, really pissed me off. I'm sorry to say, dude. Him walking off with five minutes really annoyed the hell out of me. I'm sorry to be Skip Bayless. If I sound like Skip Bayless, I'm sorry. Him walking off with five minutes left pissed me off. Him talking about Space Jam pissed me off. Okay? Because if anyone, if Julius Randle did that. Oh, my. If any Nick did that. I'd be flipping tables. That's that, that. I mean, that's really my bar. I'm. It's 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 not LeBron. It's not. I'm not being a LeBron hater. I'm telling you, if R.J. Barrett walked off the court with five minutes left and or talked about a movie he was filming, filming, I'd kill him. I know that he's not LeBron. I know he doesn't have the rings. I'm just letting you know. If that happened, after I'm spending my money, my time, my emotions with this team, living and dying by the, every possession. I couldn't even watch the game five. But you know, as I'm the sitting thing. there watching game five, I tell my friend George, I'm like, dude, I can't wait to watch this game tomorrow because I'm living and dying by every possession. I can't even enjoy this game. I can't even watch this game. <laughs> like, that's how, that's what's happening here's, to me. <clears throat> here's the thing, dude. Once they traded for Anthony Davis, once they signed LeBron James, then traded for Anthony Davis, this whole team became, um, it became like the Yankees after they won the World Series. We're just going to buy everybody. We're going to buy everybody and try to like, make this team whatever way we can and just stick it together. And it just, you know, they kept saying that we're going to upgrade this team. They didn't even upgrade this team. You know what I mean? Like you got JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, Danny Green. Uh, you got these guys still in the playoffs. LeBron and AD go home, but granted, AD was injured. LeBron was injured during the season. They put them, they were in a difficult situation. Nah, I'm not even going to say they were in a difficult situation. Fuck that. They're, it's freaking LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis just got hurt. And this is what happens when you just trade everybody and just want to get – you rely on two players. So – You know what's cool? It you is know what's what cool it is. now that you mentioned it? There's a lot of teams left 
that are all homegrown. Like the Jazz. Yeah. Like the Milwaukee Bucks. Yep. Like the, even the 76ers, whether we like it or not, we, we don't like run. how they were, were, like, were like, <laughs> yeah, the Hawks. We don't, we don't like how the way the 76ers were planted, but they're still homegrown. You know what I mean? The Hawks. Yeah. The only two teams that really aren't are the Clippers and the, and the, and the Brooklyn Nets, who I think are the most vulnerable teams. Dude, the thing about those two teams, and I'm not even going to compare the Knicks building in that way because you're more, yeah, leave, you, the Knicks mortgage, leave the Knicks out of this. No, I'm just saying, that's what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying. Cause people, cause people always say, Look how Brooklyn made this team. Look how the Clippers made their team. Look how they had to develop culture to attract stars. I will say this. That is not sustainable. If you don't believe me, go look at LeBron James and any team that he's left. Once he left the Miami Heat, decimated. Once he left the Cleveland Cavaliers, decimated. Watch <laughs> what happens once he leaves the LA, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. Decimated. They will have nothing not if it's AD. Nothing. Not if AD's huh? there. Not if AD's there. AD, he has no, like, sure, he may like LA now. If he ain't winning, like he was in New Orleans. Yeah. If he's just, if he, you th- he's Frankie in a Vogel's major, gone, he's in a Frankie major, gone. he's in a major, major media market like New York in LA. If they're losing and he's still there, he will not take it. Okay. This is not New Orleans where you can lose and just hide. You're at the forefront. We're talking about the Los Angeles Lakers, okay? All right. There's no I, way you can hide. You, you can't, you can't hide. You can't hide from that. So if he's going to get the pressure after LeBron leaves, and he doesn't have to be out, there is no obligation between him and LA. He wasn't drafted by them. Sure, they traded yeah. for him. But look, he, if he was a good treat team that you know, drafted him, gave him the contract extension, right? If he was going to treat them dirty, he's like, yo, I, I don't want to be here anymore. I want, I want you to trade me. I don't like it anymore. I want to go play LeBron. Uh, wh- why, why would he be obligated to stay true to the Lakers? He's getting so, his space, he's getting his space jam cameo right now. He's getting all his Hollywood out. Oh yeah, for sure. So that's what I'm saying. Like this team is going to be decimated. So even with okay. Anthony Davis, there's no guarantee that he's going to stay there. But okay. I, I, my point is that you look at these teams, they're not the way, I don't think they're the way to build. Sure, you get that one win. You're excited. I'm not going to front and say I know how that feels like for a basketball team, right? I wasn't around during uh, the 70s to watch the Knicks win. But there is something to say when you watch a homegrown team, because I did watch the Yankees growing up. I was following Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, Andy Pettit, Bernie Williams, okay? I was a big, I was a big Paul O'Neill guy, all right? <laughs> I remember Tino Martinez, all right? Yes. These are, those are the guys I rate. I was, I was growing up watching my pops and there was a love for that team because homegrown guys there for the entire time, winning, building a culture that you remember these faces every single day. You see the banners when they were there and not the third Yankee stadium. That's the one that Derek Jeter built the old one across the street. Yankee stadium number two. I just don't know how you can be tied to a team like the Brooklyn Nets or even like the Lakers yeah, when you. it's just, when it's not even like, Full there. So what does it actually mean? Yeah, we won one. Bronze jersey's not going I mean, to the rafters. I mean, like, LA. I mean, you know I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't really agree with your philosophy. Like, uh, is it worth it? It's worth it. It's worth it for the ring. I just, it's just not sustainable, but it's just interesting that, that it's, 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 yeah, I guess, yeah, I, one, it's not sustainable is where I was really going for, but also just like, well, we got to see them win, bro. We got to see them win. I mean, Lakers won. We got to see if the Bucks and, the, and these homegrown teams can do it. That's why I think it's interesting. So let's talk about the Suns. They're pretty homegrown besides Bro, Chris Paul. 
Devin so the, Booker. the actual winner here, Devin Booker, who and that's so, I'm so sorry to do this because we gotta really talk about the real thing. Devin Booker, man. My yeah. goodness gracious. My goodness. Professional. He's a professional points. out there. Forty seven points. But it's not just it's Eight not just the 10. fact that he got forty seven, bro. Dude, but no, dude. Uh, he he dominated. What he took over. Chris Paul's hurt. He goes out there dominated. He had that look in his face. He did not give a damn about anything. And he, the fact that he didn't care about getting 50 made me respect him so much. He's just a straight-up professional out there. He's going, trying to win this game. I don't care. I'm hitting every bucket. Just give me the ball. Top top of the three. Like, no problem, dude. He didn't need dude. a screen. He didn't need nothing. I was watching through, I think it was Ball, uh, Ball's wife. They had a clip where he played Kobe. And Kobe was talking about Devin Booker tried to hit me with the same move. <laughs> <laughs> with my move. He's like, he tried to hit me with my move. You're not going to hit me with my move. But he's, he was just giving praises to Devin Booker and thought how successful he's going to be. And, dude, Devin Booker's legit. Yeah, that's going to be I, a fun series, bro. That's going to be a really fun series. Dude, I just can't get over. I mean, versus, I the, versus the Nuggets. Eight for ten from three that game. Insane. crazy, dude. I, I, I have, a, have a conspiracy. Yo, give me the Suns. I, I have I, a conspiracy. I mean, I, I think that Chris Paul is a torn labrum. Mm. I'm calling it right now. I really think he's a torn labrum. I think he's getting shots before these games to like be able to stay around for 20, 25 minutes. And that's why he's not that effective. He has his shots, whatever, but it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for them, man. I know you're about to say, give me the Suns. I like I like Jay Crowder's grittiness. I love that DeAndre Ayton is finally on the map for everyone. He's one of my favorite centers in the league, top five centers. He's for me, he, like he's up there with Embiid. I like he's. I I would take him over Embiid because of Embiid's injuries, to be honest with you. But he's top five center for me. I'm happy that he's finally coming into his own. He had a lot to. He has a lot to grow, especially like in the pick and roll defense. Uh, a little bit on the offense. He's fun. I like Jay Crowder's greediness. I like Bridges, man. Bridges is is going to try to get a max contract this year, dude. He's he's been killing it. So I do like what the Suns are doing. On the other side, I thought that Blazers Nuggets was going to go to seven. Poor Dame. I mean, it's just the same old story with the Blazers. Either Dame is going to miracle shoot you a win for the first round, or he's just going to lose because it's not enough firepower. Too much ISO basketball. Kind of like the Knicks where once they get into trouble, they their warts show, and their warts are ISO basketball. And it doesn't work out and no defense. So that's kind of tough from them, but we don't have to talk. We're going to get into a lot of Portland, Dame, even Mello, McCollum, yeah, Gary Trent, Junior talk another time. So we'll stay on the winners here. So we got Denver. Well, he, well he's out, he's out in Toronto, but, uh. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Norman Powell. Uh, yeah, yeah, Norman Powell. So, uh, we have Denver who everyone's freaking out because Jamal Murray's not there because they haven't watched Denver basketball in two and a half months. He hasn't been there mad long, man. Denver's perfectly fine. I'm really excited about the Joker, who's my favorite player and center, versus Aiton. I think that's going to be a really fun matchup. Other than that, man, I mean, Crowder's going to hold down MPJ. MPJ might not score. I mean, honestly, I, I'm, I'm t- I think the Suns are going to crush them. Yeah, I think the Suns are going to mow right. I, the, who, who the hell is guarding Devin Booker? That's the big question. <laughs> Who's even going to match him? Like, if it was Jamal Murray matching him shot for shot, I'm like, all right, at least they're going match shot for shot. But you, Austin ha- you Rivers, need bro, Austin Rivers. All right, you can take that. Playing, playing 40 minutes. You can take that out. 
That's what I'm saying. He was praying for Dame. He was like praying that Dame would miss that last shot when it went to double overtime. But you, I got the think, Suns. You think Denver's stealing two at least? Because I had Suns Denver in six will, for the Lakers. Den, Denver will steal two. Uh, Suns are going to win in six. That's my prediction. All right. So I'm with you. Suns in six. Yeah, we're, 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 we are synced up right now, man. We're, we are right on the money. And I guess that takes us to, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. We have to talk about them, Alex. That's it. It's over. We have to start talking about them. We got Bucks Nets, which was going to be one of my favorite series. I think Bucks are going to win. I'm, I'm right off the top. Wow. I'm telling you right now, Bucks are going to win this series. I don't care what happened in game one. I really don't care. The fact that James Harden's out solidifies it. I, I truly think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to win this series. Your, your mouth to God's ears. Please let that happen. I, I think the Nets are going to do this. Unfortunately, I think they're going to do it in six. Okay, I think it's going seven. Milwaukee in seven. I'll take if that happens. I will be jumping around. We don't. I don't need to get. We know what the neck. We know what the Nets and the Bucks are. We don't have to get too far. Is that we we've seen so much of them. I, I, yeah, I agree. But dude, I can't believe how much they imploded on themselves. Game one, I expected way more passing, way more trying to expose the Brooklyn defense, way less making Blake Griffin look like Ben Wallace. Like what's going on, man? Blake Griffin coming out here <laughs> trash talking like he's part, like he's like the third banana is comical. Please, my man, he is relax. Now. He is now. James Harden's out, dude. James Harden's out. He's out. James Harden's out. Joe Harris. Okay, first Joe of all, it would be Kevin Durant. It would be Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris. Give me Claxton over freaking Blake Griffin. All right. Can I just say one thing, man? I'm gonna say two things. One, I'm gonna talk about their center. I cannot believe. That people were making fun of the Knicks for not signing DeAndre Jordan. I have to say I hate I told you so, but I told you so. He stinks. He, he's literally getting DNPs, bro. He stinks. He's like forty million dollars to get him DNPs. Straight up, and then the fact that they traded Jared Allen, unbelievable. Just that should really come to bite them. They don't deserve W's because of that. And I'm gonna end it on this on a little nice little positive note, and I want to hear from the Tradicaster. Not from Alex, the Knicks fan. Only from Tradcaster 101. Hmm. What do we think about Dinwiddie to the Knicks, man? He's nice. And he, I, I, uh, I think I, that he I, would make a difference for the Nets if he came I back, dude. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I, I'd like it. I, I, I have nothing against Dinwiddie except the tweets against the Knicks, but, um. Yeah, who cares? It'd, it'd be, I don't know. It'd be the Theo Pinson. Theo Pinson did the same thing. Literally. I, I, I think it'd be a good addition. We need a point guard. He'd help. Uh, he slides into the starting role. You would give me him over. Give me him over Burks, bro. Give me him over Burks. That's my hot take. Oh, one hundred percent. That's okay. not. That's not even a question. All right, cool. All right. Well, and the, well, I'm on that note. Well, actually, what do you think? You think? You think? You think Nets and six? I got. I got Bucks and seven. That's yeah, how we're Nets gonna end. Nets and six. Okay. Yep. All right, and we're and if you're still listening, we are officially back on our normal schedule for uh, Nick stuff, for Jet stuff. Playoffs are over. Our feelings are hurt, but I think we're back, right, Alex? We're back to normal now? We are back to normal, so you'll be getting two episodes a week, one Knicks, one Jets. And if we do anything interesting in between, we'll either throw it on to another pod or we'll make it its own standalone episode. But we are back, baby, back in the full swing of things. Um, Video coming soon? Yeah, trying to build this YouTube channel. We are slowly coming together with this, so look out for another platform to see our our faces. Some may call it beautiful. Some may call it handsome. Some may not want to see it. But they're bearded. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you can they're get covered the at least. They are covered. Uh, we're trying to work on a YouTube channel right now. So we're, get, we're trying to get that to you as soon as possible. 
But hey, we out here. We're back at it. Gotta get ready for some Jets football. But hey, John, this is all another good Knicks episode for the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Everyone, thank you for tuning in for another Knicks episode. Please last make sure one of the season, star. bro. Last one of the season. No, 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 no. It's not the last one of the season. Draft has to happen to make it the final day of the season. Okay, fine. We got it. We got it. We until that draft happens, <laughs> okay, free agency fine. starts the new year. Fine. This is the end of the regular season. Okay. But not the end of the 2020-2021 season. So, with that, thank you for tuning in for another next episode. As I said, <laughs> please, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure to give us a five-star review and to leave us a comment. It'd be much obliged because that just only, only helps us and this grassroots movement. Also, please make sure to follow us. If you don't use Apple Podcasts, we're available on all other listening platforms. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Alexa, you name it, we are there. Also, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it, we're there. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Catch you later this week for a Jets episode. We're back with that. All right. Let's go Knicks, baby. Let's go Knicks.